the first 12 months to possibly 18 months, you do have a testosterone surge in children. And so you will notice that the penis kind of grows a little bit more than usual. And then after that, the penis kind of stays dormant until puberty when testosterone starts circulating and all that. And so from, you know, maybe at 12 months to 18 months, depending on which data set you believe, penis will actually only grow a little bit each year. So don't be concerned if your child's penis isn't growing the way it is in puberty. Once puberty hits, then testosterone starts circulating, and, and, and that's what we refer to the tanner stages. And then you'll notice the penis will just psh. And usually penis is genetically linked, so whatever dad size is, typically the kid size will be the same, with, with, with some exception, you know, nutrients. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, if you have poor nutrition, then just like with everything else, you probably won't grow as well versus if you have good nutrition then uh, you'll grow well so just like my partner who's also my younger brother is 10 years younger than me you know i'm five feet seven three quarters he's five feet 11 almost five feet the only difference is he was born here and so i had rice milk which probably has zero nutrition versus he has whole milk which has a lot of nutrition and so that's why he's tall as far as down there i have no idea uh, his length. <laughs> so I never, I never, I never really asked him. Uh, but I do know, like, you know, he's he is uh, uh, probably gonna be different uh, because of nutrition. This is our second episode, and so I've been getting a lot of messages on um, Facebook messenger and all that asking to discuss different topics and one of the topic that everybody kind of is interested in is penis elongation so let's clear up some misconception first you know there seems to be this misconception that well it's just a super pubic fat pad and so what i want to do today is kind of clear up some misconception and then kind of talk about penis elongation penile enlargement which is two very different things and a lot of guys or parents you know sometimes they don't uh they think both are the same when really they're not and then we'll go into kind of risk benefit complications stuff like that but one of the biggest thing or one of the most common thing i've seen is parents would come into the clinic or patients would come into the clinic because they would go see their primary care doctor who basically the patient has buried penis and which is very different from micro penis and we'll talk about that too um, but they would come in and then they would wait years because the pediatrician or the OB or whoever the doctor is, the internal medicine, whoever it may be, would tell them, oh, you know, you just have some fat there and it'll, you'll grow into it. So <laughs> the penis is not like a pair of shoes where you actually can grow into it. The only way that the skin on the penis can grow is you have to stimulate it to grow just like what anything else like obesity. If you eat a lot of food, eventually your skin will stretch and penile skin is no different. And so unless you put it on stretch, i.e. with surgery, you will never get the skin to grow and it will grow into proportions. So you'll, you'll never grow into it. It'll look the same. Now, obviously, if it's just a little bit of, you know, because hidden penis is spectrum is very wide, obviously, right? 
And so if your hidden penis is very mild, then I agree. You know, you don't really need to fix those, you know, leave those alone. But if, you know, two, three, four, five years and the penis still looks like a belly button, well, then more than likely we have a, we have a problem. And, and I'll go into why you fix buried penis or hidden penis. It's not really cosmetically driven. Cosmetic is just a secondary, if not tertiary, benefit. And so <clears throat> with the buried penis uh, syndrome, usually there is fat associated with it. But I see a lot of guys that they don't have any super pubic fat. They're like fit, muscular guys who basically their penis looks like a turtle head. And so the traditional thinking, and I don't know where this even came from, is, well, you know, let's just watch it. You know, it's baby fat or, you know, go work out. And I have a lot of guys that uh, they listen to advice, they go work out, they get plastic surgery, and then their penis is still short. So fit, the only physical way to make your penis longer is you physically have to move it from point A to point B. And we'll get into that here in a little bit. But super pubic fat pad, all that does is really it's an illusion. It's like a David Blaine urologic version. And what I mean by that is if you're heavier set or the child's heavier set, you know, 10th grade, 11th grade, whatever it may be, the penis size is still the same. You just push that fat pad back, take out the measuring tape. If it's two inch, then it's two inch. If that patient goes work out, get plastic surgery, whatever it may be, and get rid of that fat, it's still gonna be two inch because you physically have not moved it from point A to point B. And so when you have buried penis, a lot of time insurance will cover it for the reasons where I'm gonna go into right now. It's A, <clears throat> if your penis is sunken down and you're circumcised, what's going to happen is the skin is going to stick to the head of the penis or what we call the glands penis. And if you don't constantly pull it back, eventually that skin will form what you call penile adhesions. And penile adhesions will start out as soft penile adhesions, which means that you can still pull it down. You know, it's a little painful, but you can still pull it down. However, if you leave it for X amount of time, and the reason why I say X amount of time is we don't have any data to show, you know, is it one month, two months, three weeks, two days, five days, because everybody's different, right? Once you leave the skin and it actually forms into or grows into the head of the penis, now that's what you call skin bridges. And with skin bridges, the only way you can get rid of it is surgical because you can't peel down the the adhesions anymore because it's no longer soft and what we call manipulation of foreskin and so there's no debate the head of the penis is supposed to look like a mushroom period there's no oh well you know it can it can look a little bit like this, can look a little bit like, no. Penis is one of those things where it's hard to describe, but when you see it, you know it. And penis is supposed to look like a mushroom head. And so when I do circumcisions on newborns, I always have patients watch a video to tell them when to start pulling the skin back. Because the penis, 
A perfect penis consists of the head of the penis called the glans penis. And then below there, you're going to get a little mushroom head. And that's called the subcoronal area. And then below that, you're going to see a little pink skin. And that's called the interpupucial skin. And then below that, then you're going to see kind of the penis skin, which looks similar to, you know, your uh, skin on your arm or whatnot. And then after that, then you're going to get the skin that looks like your uh, uh, skin or uh, your, I'm sorry, your scrotum. And so, so there's actually proportion to the penis. And so a lot of patient thinks that the penis is just a stick and really it's not. And so there's a lot of misconception about that. And so if you're a child or if you're an adult and you notice year after year, the penis just doesn't change and it always looks like a belly button except when you have a little erection, then more than likely you have buried penis. Micropenis, which I won't touch into too much today because it deserves its own episode, is something that really there's not a lot of cure for. Uh, micropenis just means that you're born with a tiny penis for life. And the only real treatment is to give testosterone within the first maybe 12 months to possibly 18 months, but the data is very sparse and it's there's not a lot of good literature out there. So with micropenis, the out, you know, the prognosis just not very good. Good thing is micropenis typically is associated with syndromes and it's rare. And so chances are if you Google hidden penis, you know, Google always sensationalized stuff, right? More than likely what you're going to see is micropenis. The chance of you having that is going to be less than 1%. So I would, if I were banking on this and betting at, you know, on at Vegas, I would more than likely go with hidden penis over micropenis. Now, so I hope that kind of helped clear up some of the misconception about, you know, uh, about this super pubic pat pad and fat pad and then, you know, growing into it. I mean, there's no such thing. Now, from the first 12 months to possibly 18 months, you do have a testosterone surge in children. And so you will notice that the penis kind of grows a little bit more than usual. And then after that, the penis kind of stays dormant until puberty when testosterone starts circulating and all that. And so from, you know, maybe at 12 months to 18 months, depending on which data set you believe, uh, the penis will actually only grow a little bit each year. So don't be concerned if your child's penis isn't growing the way it is in puberty. Um, and then, you know, puberty, once puberty hits, then testosterone starts circulating. And, and, and that's what we refer to the tanner stages. And then you'll notice the penis will just, psh, uh, and usually penis is genetically linked. So whatever dad size is, typically um, the kid size will be the same with, with, with some exception, you know, nutrients and and what I mean by that is, you know, if you have poor nutrition, then just like with everything else, you probably won't grow as well versus if you have good nutrition, then uh, you'll grow well. So just like my partner, who's also my younger brother, he's 10 years younger than me, you know, I'm five feet, seven, three quarters. He's five feet, 11, almost five feet, you know, almost six feet and same parents. The only difference is he was born here. And so I had rice milk, which probably has zero nutrition versus he has whole milk, which has a lot of nutrition. And so that's why he's tall. 
As far as down there, I have no idea uh, his length. <laughs> so I never, I never, I never really asked him. Uh, but I do know, like, uh, you know, he's he is uh, uh, probably going to be different uh, because of nutrition status. But <clears throat> now let's move on to uh, the topics. So, what is penis elongation? So penis elongation is when I physically, if you've already been circumcised, then, or if you're not circumcised, same difference. What I do is I make an incision below, usually about two centimeters below the subcoronal area or the head of the penis. And then what I do is I, you can actually peel the skin down like a banana. And basically what I do is I release all the tissue around the penis. And the penis really consists of just two cylinder and a urethra. And so what I do is, um, adults or children, I do this with uh, magnification, which is uh, kind of just a magnifying, uh, we call it loops, but it's surgical loops, which uh, the ones I wear magnifies two and a half, and then sometimes I wear three, depending on the size of the penis. But what I do is I peel the skin down. We go all, I free up everything all the way to the penopubal ligament. Now, the old way of doing it, and I think people still do it, is they cut that, penopu- that penopubal ligament. I don't do that because what I found is that the length you get from that is maybe half a centimeter resting if even but complication from that is it destabilizes the penis and what i mean by that is the penopubal ligament actually when you get an erection it actually allows the penis to be stable and curve up so there's a lot of data that's already shown if you cut the penopubal ligament you're actually not going to get that much more length to get more length there's techniques that you do that you know obviously i've been doing this for a while and so you know i'm not gonna tell people how i do it but there's way to get a longer penis without having to cut the penopubal ligament and cause the penis to be unstable because believe it or not the hardest part about penis elongation is actually not bringing the penis out you know i've done probably fourteen thousand cases since I started, because that's really all I do is uh, kind of complex penile reconstruction, stuff like that. And <clears throat> what I've uh, noticed is, you know, there's there's just so many other ways you can get length. And the hardest part is actually skin coverage. And what I mean by that is a lot of patients that I see are actually circumcised. And so, you know, we'll we'll start showing pictures so you, so it'll make a little bit more sense but if you pull the penis out and you've already been circumcised where am i going to get that skin to cover the penis that's out and that's always been the biggest issue but through the years you know we've come up with techniques to rotate skin around to give it still a natural look so that basically and that's the part that's the hardest is not bringing the penis out. Like literally, I can do that in 30 minutes. The hardest part is when is for me to figure out how am I gonna cover the penis so that once it heals, it'll look 
unless you told someone you had surgery, no one will ever know. And bear in mind that the first six weeks or so, it just depends on when the skin, you know, when the skin starts stretching. You're not going to see an increase in the erection because skin is still very tense. And so basically, unless the erection is so strong that it tears the skin, you're not going to be able to, you will see an increase in resting length right after surgery. That's why all the surgeries we do, we always measure the, the, the actual length for the patient before the surgery and then after the surgery so that they can see. Like I did a gentleman recently, he was uncircumcised and so he had all the skin in the world and he started out I think at a resting length of three and a half and after surgery was nine inch because he had a lot of skin to work with and his penis was just really buried underneath there. And then I uh, checked up on him a few, couple months ago just to see how he was doing. And you know, I think it was probably around the eight month, not, I'm sorry, not the eight month, the eight week mark where I asked him what was his erection length. He told me it was 10 and a half now. And so you have to bear in mind that you won't see the erection length increase until the skin starts to stretch to accommodate the uh, the, the the increase in you know the the penis being pulled out. But as far as resting length, you will notice that right away. And so so that's elongation enlargement is when you physically try to do something to make the penis actually larger, not longer, but larger. And so as of right now, there's really only products on the market that uh, accepted that or that I would accept using uh, if guys wish to have that done. And basically it's, <clears throat> you know, the gist of it is just, just like, uh, breast implant is just a basically a silicone sheath that you kind of just insert around the uh, the the you know the two cylinder uh, and the urethra of, uh, of the penis. But when you do that, you know you have to make it match the size of the head of your penis or the glands penis. Otherwise, it's gonna look not right. Because just think about it: if you just come in and you want your girth to be like a beer can, but then your mushroom head looks like a pencil head, well, just envision that and see if, if that even looks sexy at all. The answer is no. So I actually don't have a lot of guys that ask to increase the girth. And so right now, you know, there's a lot of commercials and, you know, doctors and stuff that are injecting fat and silicone and Lord know what else. I don't do any of that because those are all unreliable because what happened is when they inject it, what they're doing is they're injecting it underneath the skin. And so the penis is very mobile. And so every time you get an erection, the skin moves. And when it moves, it'll move whatever stuff that you inject and you end up with what I call a lumpy penis. And so I've had guys have to come to ask to get it removed. And sometimes when you get it removed, it becomes a major undertaking because I have to sometimes take the skin with it because the skin is no longer viable. And so my suggestion is don't do it. And I don't know if you guys remember, but remember a few years ago, there was a French billionaire who basically died on the operating table. Uh, I forgot his name right now, but uh, I just read it on the news. But he was getting a penis enlargement surgery and they were, I think, injecting fat. He ended up with a pulmonary embolism. And so, because keep in mind, the penis is very vascular down there. And so anything can go wrong. And so there's a reason why you don't see true 
penis surgeon inject stuff in there. Uh, usually people who inject stuff in there are not urologists uh, because we know it's not durable. Um, I have a patient coming up who basically had something injected and I, I have no idea what it is. And uh, when we try to request the medical record, the physician who had injected it passed away. So, you know, this was done years ago. And so now I have to kind of figure out what it is and then remove it. Um, but it, it just from the pictures that were sent in, it doesn't look too bad. So I, I don't think that's going to be a big issue. Now, in terms of the complications. So really the biggest complication from these surgery is not infertility, erectile dysfunction, none of that. The complication really boils down to skin breakdown and skin breakdown from what? From erection. Because keep in mind that when I put your skin on stretch, that skin is on stretch all the way to accommodate the resting length. So when you have an erection and if your erection is very strong, it can break the sutures. Now we we have ways to try to minimize all that uh, retention sutures and all that and I think that really helps but really that's your real your main complication um, you know anything can happen right you know you can get to the urethra and all that but personally that's never happened to me uh, you know I do this regardless of age I do it all under magnification and I'm very meticulous when it comes to to fixing these and so but once I, like I said, you know, the, the biggest issue is really, and then usually the biggest issue really is the pain. And so, you know, I know a lot of guys, you know, they're like, oh no, doc, don't worry about it. You know, I've, I've been shot, I've broken my rib, broken my wrist, all this. You know, personally, I never had it done. Uh, so I can't really give you a firsthand experience, but just from what I heard from patients, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's painful when you get an erection, but of course it goes away. And usually about seven to 10 days. And so what I always tell guys, so guys that are not circumcised, they will tend to have less pain because they have all the skin in the world for me to work with. And so um, basically if they have enough skin where I can make it a little bit loose to accommodate the erection, then they they tend to do well. And so, uh, but the issue is a lot of guys who come in for this, they have already been circumcised. And so it was a misdiagnosis where they had buried penis. So instead of sending it to a surgeon to properly fix it, you know, they just end up getting a circumcision and then they come in because they can't see their penis. Uh, like I had one guy that literally has not seen his penis for I think 15 years because uh, it, it was that sunken in. And so, so it's a serious disease, you know, uh, and it's nothing to be embarrassed about. And so, <clears throat> you know, the, so I, what I always counsel patients is they, they really need to think about do they want the full stretch which means the longest length possible, because if you do that, then you're gonna have, your pain is gonna your you know you're gonna have a little bit more pain for a few more days. Um, versus guys that go like you know that tell me okay doc uh, I'll go ahead and agree to have it an inch and a half shorter so that I have enough skin to accommodate the erection. Personally, I've never had a patient that has agreed to that, but I always counsel and document that so that patients, you know, fully understand 
and uh, and as far as patient satisfaction to be honest with you pretty much is almost 100 uh, percent once they you know kind of like navy seal training bud week right <laughs> this is penis healing week and so you know it it doesn't it, it hurts i'm not you know i like i said i never personally experienced it but it, it hurts and so if you're able to withstand the pain and which obviously thousands of guys have uh, they have, you know and then the younger you are the the easier the recovery but no guy has ever wanted to trade in their 22 caliber for a nine millimeter they all want to come out with a magnum 44 which is fine but so on the but i tell them just think about it and on the day of surgery give me a thumbs up or thumbs down thumbs down means that okay i'm going to make your penis a little bit shorter to accommodate for your erection uh and then thumbs up means that you know go all the way and so as of today I have had zero patient that uh, has decided to not go all the way. And so basically, uh, you know, so now I, I hope hopefully with this, you know, uh, people are more educated now on what penis elongation is versus penis elar enlargement. And as of right now, I do not recommend any sort of fat injection, uh, silicone injection, any sort of injection, because all you're going to do is ask, you're asking for trouble. Uh, you inject fat, you risk pulmonary embolism. You inject silicone, you risk infection because that's a foreign body, right? Versus when I do the penile surgery, there's really no foreign body with the exception of the sutures. Um, you know, but the sutures is tried and true. And so it, it's non-reactive. And I've never had to remove a suture because of infection ever before. And so now what happened if you get a skin breakdown? Rarely do I ever have to take you back to debrided or anything like that. Typically, when you get a wound breakdown, I just apply collagen, which help form a scaffold and your skin will then heal around it. And so, uh, and typically I have patients refrain from uh, adult activities for about six weeks. And then obviously if they have a wound breakdown, then obviously we, we wait a little bit better. But I think now with kind of the newer techniques that we implemented uh i'm seeing less and less of wound breakdown and wound breakdown in my in my patient population is only about one percent you know yeah if you, you 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 can have like a tiny little breakdown that'll just heal in a few days when i talk about wound breakdown i'm talking about like the you know major wound breakdown where the erection is so strong that um, it just tears up the whole suture line but once i implemented some of the techniques that we have i personally have never seen the wound breakdown and so normally after surgery we just give five days of antibiotics and pain meds and then they just kind of uh, manage the pain until uh, roughly around seven to ten days and this is usually for guys that are uncircumcised I mean, i'm sorry that are circumcised Guys that are uncircumcised, they tend to do a little bit better because they do have more skin that allow me to give it room for it to accommodate the erection. And it, and even in those guys, you, they're still going to see an increase in erection length uh, because, you know, the skin is still going to stretch. And so I ho hopefully this episode um, kind of clear up all this misconception of growing into it. I don't know what that even means if, you know, so if you're worried about it, if the penis just 
looks like a belly button all the time or you don't even see it. A new word that I learned from one of the teenagers, a mangina. If you see something like that, then best thing to do is just seek a professional opinion and because you got nothing to lose, right? And so, and keep in mind, a lot of these I fix when they're young, three or four months. Uh, but those are kids that have already been diagnosed and they've been sent to me. So hidden penis is a very nuanced thing to diagnose. And so the best thing to do is probably just have a professional look at it. And my thoughts is you should always get second opinion, third opinion, fourth opinion, fifth opinion, as many opinions you want, because at the end of the day, it is your body and you're the one who's gonna have to undergo the surgery if you choose the surgery. So always do your research, 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 and um, and then from there, you'll, you'll know what you need to do. So hopefully this episode kind of helped clears up that misconception uh, and a little bit, you know, people are now a little bit educated more on uh, um, the difference between elongation versus enlargement and kind of how it's done and the recovery and and stuff like that and then in ter- in my hands success rate is pretty much almost 100 percent. and it just has to do with the technique we use um usually i just see them back in four months uh, make sure they do okay and then with the adults i see them back in six weeks because they want to be cleared so that they can you know it's like a shiny ferrari right you wanted to take it out to use it but you gotta have a break-in period so that six week is considered the break-in period and then after that do whatever you want you know show it off ram it race it do whatever you want it doesn't matter so um hopefully this is edu- this has been an educational uh, uh podcast and then there's a topic that you specifically want feel free to message me and then uh to search for my podcast it's called detalk with dr this is Dr. Fam. We gon' do it like priceless. Take it to the moon. Priceless. One day will be soon. What is priceless?